Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. I am so excited for this one. We got one of my favorite guests on. We, oh wait, we have his co-host of the Trade Addicts Pod. Oh, never mind. That's Stompy Sam Lane. You know, jet fuel does melt steel beams. That's Russ. No one knows him by this name, Fisher. It is such a good time for us Browns fans, right, guys? Go, go, dog pound. That's what we say, right? Welcome, <laughs> welcome aboard. We it took like a matter of seconds to form a rivalry on this episode, and I love it. <laughs> I am John. Tenderize those running backs like a piece of meat. Super flex, dude. Hogan, this is a super flex, super show. You know that that's been stuck in my head because of that episode. So thanks Super for that. Flex, dude. <laughs> Super flex, <laughs> dude. Nice. Yeah, I had to. I had to do that just for our special guest here because uh, uh, I know that both of those two things um, are uh, have made their way into Dynasty Outhouses everyday uh, lexicon. So um, yeah, yeah, had to had to do it for him. Super flex, dude. <laughs> that that kind of reminds me of like you know when George on Seinfeld just by Menon. <laughs> <laughs> Dynasty outhouse is in the house. That's right. We had to bring back one of our absolute favorite guests, uh, partly because um, it, I mean it's always just a great time to talk with with outhouse, and uh, but partly because. Um, he, uh, he made us feel pretty guilty about the fact that he hasn't had his own episode on here. There's always been one other person, whether it's Bobby Koch, Brian Haar, the, uh, you know, his co-host on the trade addicts podcast. So we had to, we had to do one just for you, Russ. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming and I'm glad that it only took months of guilt to make this happen. <laughs> that's that's usually about the uh about the quota yeah right so. now everyone knows how to get on huh. <laughs> yeah well it it doesn't work for everybody but some some it's gonna take more like years but yeah uh, outhouse always always makes it to the top of the list regardless um, Except but, for those two times before when someone else <laughs> made it the list, you, where you were on second the on the list. That's still good. That's still <laughs> pretty good. The top ish of the list. Yeah, you might have been <laughs> tied for first, man. You don't even know. 
<laughs> out of seven billion people, you were number two. That's pretty good. Mm. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other thing that that we're gonna do to commemorate this occasion, uh, this is something that we tried once before, and it made me just as uncomfortable then as it makes me now. But we're ha we're gonna do this show without any structure. I we don't have a topic. We're just going to we're going to talk about everything that's going on in the hearts and minds of this particular panel when it comes to Superflex Dynasty. Uh, we've got some trades that we can break down. Um, we've uh, we've got some news that we can talk about, but I'm I'm not going to steer this thing, and it feels really weird for me. Um, but somewhere. Mr. J. Mike is is just loving life right now. He he loves to see me sweat. So um, this uh, this one's for you, J. Mike. And again, this is a this is a Russ episode. And to me, it, all, all of my best conversations with Russ just come just out kind of out of nowhere. We we just we get on Twitter and we just talk about trades or. Um, uh, talkative guests on our, <laughs> on nice. our various podcasts. <laughs> Not to name names or anything. <laughs> right. Wow. Russ, you are one of the few people who have actually had a conversation with John that isn't scripted. Congratulations, man. That's got to feel good. At least he doesn't you know, know that it was scripted. I, I, <laughs> I met him physically in person. I don't think that was scripted. Oh, you'd be surprised. Ugh. I, still, I have dreams of that picture still. I'm. <laughs> it's the background of my laptop. It's my phone background. It's the poster above my bed. Listen, yeah. I'm in. Uh, I'm in St. Louis. Come, come see me, Russ. Come to the armpit of America, New Jersey. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, how about we talk a little football? You're so bad at this. It's great. <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, where? How do I transition? I forgot how to speak. What am I doing with my hands? <laughs> I, I can't handle it. I cannot live like this. That uncomfortable silence was like, well, I'm going to try to end it. Uh, where do we go now? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And as we do, thank you for <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, otherwise, I have no idea what this is going. I, going I'm to gonna be. I'm gonna fawn over you guys real quick um, because I think among you three and Brian are my best friends probably on Twitter, and so this is going to be one of, if not my favorite episodes of all time because I have three of you in here, and I love you all. Love yeah. you. Back at you, big guy. Man, it, that actually though that brings up. Without Brian Har here, now we owe Brian an episode. Yep. <laughs> you owe Brian nothing. Just this move is on. this is going to turn into this vicious cycle of Brian. like owing one of the trade addicts guys an episode on the Super Show at all times. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't. Ben, I don't know. Brian how and I thought we were going to get this fill-in spot, but then you know, Stompy steals our uh, our prized opening. <laughs> I'm very persuasive and charming, and he's very got true. a and he's got a championship belt. That's just that. That's all and, he had. Yeah, there you that go. Was, I have, I have the pedigree. That's the resume that he turned in. He just handed that in. SFBA champ, son. 
I have a bobblehead oh, outhouse trophy. Perfect. Well, that God, how cool. did we not? Yeah. How did how did we not know about that? We gotta That's... look closer at applications because <laughs> I, mean, I totally missed that too. <laughs> I was hoping he was gonna just hold it up in front of the camera the entire time. That's just that. Bobbly, that's bobbly, bobbly. That's that's Russ's version of Superflex, dude. Just the, <laughs> the bobblehead. Click, 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 click. Remember when you wanted to talk football? Yeah. What happened there? Hey, I, I'm I'm trying I, here to not drive this thing. I'm trying right. to. That's right. I get to drive it. I get to drive it. Actually, I'm not going to drive it, but I am going to start us off because Stompy, I have really wanted to hear your take on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And really, what what do you do with Tyreek Hill? I mean, obviously, you know, if you haven't heard, there's, you know, he's under investigation for battery, um, three year old son, broken arm, uh, and and things don't look very good with with his history as well. So what are you doing right now with Tyreek Hill? If you if you have him rostered in fantasy, are you dealing for him? Are you dealing him away? If you're dealing for him, what are you trying to get? Uh, or what are you trying to get him for? Or, or what are you trying to get for him if you have him and you're trying to get rid of him? So um, I, Stompy, I know that I saw an exchange on Twitter with you, and I really want to hear kind of what your take is with Tyreek Hill. All right. First and foremost, I want to say this. I'm never, I've never been that high on Tyreek Hill just because I don't like his inconsistency. And Aton's going to pull his hair out when I say this because he and I have had this conversation as well. But I mean, he's a boom bust player and that's, he has been his entire career and that's fine. And he belongs on rosters and he's a, I, he's a top six or seven wide receiver for me. So I'm going to just preface this with that. I traded for Tyreek Hill. Um, I traded uh, Robert Woods, Dante Pettis, and three 2021sts for Tyreek, Lev Bell, and Ito Smith. This is a 12-team uh, 0.5 PPR. And it was, <clears throat> I think it's about 50-50 right now. I'd have to look back a little bit. It's a pretty even trade. Um and I did it for a for a win now team. Like, and and this is a league that if you win back to back championships, you win a pot. And nobody's won it back to back championships now in four years, so it's a pretty big pot. So I, I'm going for it. Um, and I, I guess part of that is I have Lux, Stafford, Kamara, Chubb, Juju, Galladay, Godwin, Kirk, Najoku. So I have a pretty good base. Um. And so even if Tyreek does get suspended, I don't really get that hurt. My future is hurt, obviously, dealing those 2021sts. But having led, adding Lev Bell and Tyreek gives me basically a ceiling that nobody can match in that league. So that's the first part. The second part is, like James said, I got into <laughs> what we'll call it a minor tiff, but really – of late, I've been getting kind of uh, froggy on Twitter and starting to fight with people, <laughs> which is probably not the best thing to do. Um, and this guy basically said something along the lines of that he's going to get suspended for at least a year if he ever plays again because of all of these things, because he broke his kid's arm. And I haven't read anything beyond that first report that came out that said, Oh, he's under investigation in two incidents of a domestic something or other, one of them involving his kid. 
But then I read the TMZ report, which <laughs> in itself doesn't sound great because it just sounds like, oh, yeah, TMZ, good source. But um, it's probably the best source that I've read thus far saying that he hasn't been named in any of these investigations. And a lot of words have come back like everything's clean or everything's been closed. And I haven't heard anything since. But this guy comes out of the woodwork with a tweet from, I, I can't believe, I think it was the Kansas City Star, about the guys who wrote it. But if you read the actual tweet, it says they can't substantiate it. And um, there's been no police investigation with his name on it. So first and foremost, that tells me they don't have anything. This is a pure rumor. And then second, he brought up a tweet from uh, Tyreek's girl or wife's best friend's sister's dad or sister's boyfriend's dad or something like that you know that and and russ kind of diffused the situation because he put up the quote from um uh space balls what was it i am your father's brother's cousin's uncle's former roommate <laughs> does that make us <laughs> absolutely nothing so but i mean that's basically what it was was just a random tweet thread from this woman who it doesn't substantiate anything. And he, and he said, Oh, well, she broke it basically at the same time that TMZ and this other place broke it. It's like beyond, if you don't have a substantiated claim, stop assuming guilt. Like we, we saw this with LaShawn McCoy. People thought he was guilty right away because of some, like I said, uh, unsubstantiated pictures and a report from, his living girlfriend, ex-wife, something like that, it's friend. And it's just, then it got out of control and you saw his value dip. I mean, it, it dipped for other reasons. And it's the same thing with Tyreek. And with Tyreek, it's a little bit different because you've seen an incident already with him. And so it, this was just a reminder that at any point in time, you could he could have another incident. Not saying he's a bad person, but then he's out for at least half a season. But at the same time, Let's assume innocence until proven guilty. And I think the way our society has moved, it's you're guilty until proven innocent. So let's stop that. Or at least wait till there's a piece of paper that says he's actually in trouble. Right. And, and that's the other thing. Like I said, there are police reports that do not name him as a suspect for anything. He's just part of the investigation. Well, and also we just saw Kareem Hunt get handed an eight-game suspension, and there was actual video involved with that. There's actual evidence there. So, I mean, there, there, there actually is like a little bit of precedent here. You know, Ezekiel Elliott had probably more evidence against him when he got a six-game suspension. Uh, Adrian Peterson got – I mean, his, his was – kind of undetermined but it i think it ended up being about a six seven game suspension something like that and all of these guys had there was actual evidence there so i mean i i, I think that we can safely say that if anything comes to this it's probably i i don't see how it would be more than eight games so yeah to sell him now over eight games in a dynasty league what, what is he 24 years old it's it's way too early to give up on on someone that young over, you know, part of a season, possibly. Mm -hmm. So 
Russ, I, real quick, I'm sorry. I, I just kind of want to get your take on it because you are kind of a, a trade expert, I would say. So I'm just curious, what what would you be looking for? First off, would you be buying or selling Tyreek? And second of all, what would you look for in return or look to get um, if you're trying to move him or what you would be trying to offer if you were trying to get him? Uh, I currently have two Tyreek shares. My range of offers were Anthony Miller and a fourth, the 111, <laughs> uh, DJ Moore, straight up. Uh, trash, 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 <laughs> trash, 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 trash. How do you respond to those real quick? <laughs> I, well, I'm... when it first happened, like, I, I mean, I pulled a Shane Manila and I was just like, I think I just kind of want out on this dude. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, if people out that listen to your show don't know Shane Manila, he is a panic trader. The second there is a rumor of their a tweet coming with bad news for a player on his team. He trades him cheap as hell. Uh, he ended up trading Tyreek for the 111 and the 2022nd, I believe. Yep. yep. Like literally that, like an hour after that, you know, news came out. Mm -hmm. um, I threw up in my in the group chat uh, of one of my leagues. I'm like, all right, I'm willing to sell this dude pretty cheap. I just I don't want to deal with the headache. I was trying to trade him anyway because my team is very very bad, and he's the only asset I had. So I was hoping that this would actually spur something, but man, oh, and the other one, Tyler Lockett and two thirds. That was oh, the boy. that was the other offer I got in that league. God, that's so I'm like insulting. Yeah, I'm like, guys, you know what? Never mind. I think I'll just hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I actually in another league, I didn't get it uh, get him as cheap as Shane gave him up, but I think I gave up Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson for Tyreek Hill. Yo, oh man, nice. This is crazy. I should be. I, yeah, I should be sending out some offers for Tyreek Hill, apparently. I mean, it's probably um, a little too late because I think most rational, well, I guess you can't really call a lot of Dynasty players <laughs> rational. <laughs> My yeah. bad on that one. But I mean, the buy, you know, for the 111 and a 2022nd window is probably gone, oh, yeah. but you could still get him for much cheaper than you should because there's no reason right now he should be sold for less than what? At worst, fifteenth overall startup value, mm -hmm. something like that. I mean, this trade that I made was probably at or maybe just below his value before that news came out. So, I think his values definitely bounced back from whatever low it was at right mm -hmm. after the news. So, real quick, just. The, the total aside, but uh, I love how many different trading profiles Shane fits. So Shane, <laughs> Shane has been on the show. He's a uh, as uh, the co-host of the Trades HQ podcast. Uh, so it, it was just a few weeks ago, really. But um, yeah, we didn't really get to to talk too much with him about trade strategy, even though we did a trade show with him. And I wish that we had because you know the the. Uh, the the panic trader um that i i like that one a lot i also just described him today as somebody who would rather make a bad trade than no trade so I yeah am. there's he he just kind of he wears a lot and of he hats is also mr go get your guy when he decides he wants someone he will mm -hmm. ridiculously overpay for that guy just so he can have multiple copies of the same player 
I'm, yeah. I'm probably in that in that uh, in that aspect too. I I will overpay for a guy that I really really want on a roster. But I, in Shane's defense, one thing I will say about Shane, I think a lot of this stuff too is he he really like and and you know I don't want to speak for him, but um, I know I've made a deal uh, with him involving both uh, Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kill. And he really just does not want to cheer for those guys when stuff like mm-hmm. this happens. And I yeah. think there's something to be said for that. If you're going to give up a player for cheap because you just don't feel good about cheering for him, by all means, give him up. Because, I mean, this is supposed to be fun. It's fantasy. If, if you're not, if you don't feel good about yourself, you know, cheering for a guy like that, uh, you know, by all means, I, I, I don't blame him at all. I would, I'd probably do the same too if I had, you know, if I was half the, uh, the person that he is. Yeah, also an idealist. Um, that yeah, that's one of the best things about Shane, actually. Um, so just kind of back to the uh, the NFL side of this and and the dynasty side of this, though. I, I I'm I'm kind of curious what this is doing to Pat Mahomes. If if everybody's starting to panic panic about Tyreek Hill, I mean, are we just assuming that Sammy Watkins picks up the slack? Or is everybody starting to knock Pat Mahomes down? I, like, what are you guys seeing? Uh, it's, it's Chris Conley season. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Didn't he just sign with another team? Yeah, he just signed somewhere else. Did he really? How did um, I miss this? Where'd he sign? It's uh, it's the uh, Marcus Robinson season. Yeah, it is. I don't know who that is. I have to Google. <laughs> what, what uh, did he signed with the Jaguars. Say? There you go. Oh, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> that's right. where where that's where wide receivers go to die if you want want to be frank. Uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's the witness. So many wasted shares. Program. I just bought of that guy. Yeah. Um. I. I, I don't really know. I, I mean, Mahomes. Here's the thing. Mahomes just put up in a historic season, and I think there is a, a good part of us or most of us to think he's going to regress even me the mahomes truther but at the same time even if he puts up 75 or eight let's just say if you see a 20 percent regression you're still talking about 4040 so losing tyreek it'll hurt but i think if sammy can stay healthy but he'll be fine and then demarcus robinson has shown some um chemistry with uh Mahomes but you still have the best tight end in the game you still have a good pass catching option in in um Damian Williams I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to adjust to his his um pass catchers and you have the better running back in Carlos Hyde oh my god that's no that's true that no that's factually correct. okay first first and foremost no I'm not no, no, no no I'm, hold on no. not you no not you hold on i'm gonna let <laughs> you it john real quick okay you can be i'm not taking john. any advice from john about running backs ever <laughs> what I, you should he no. knows garbage See, the thing backs. is john would know about damien williams because damien williams is so bad he's on john's radar mm-hmm. it's in his wheelhouse yeah that's true that <laughs> whole situation has been trash since coming into the nfl i always feel so bad like uh, talking about human beings like this <laughs> but it's, it's happening i don't care the dude has been third string on miami for years and the thing is uh it's miami whatever there's always a good running back in miami there's always a running back that does well even if it's frank the immortal gore 
he did really well while Damian Williams does nothing. Kenyon Drake did well. Williams did nothing. Jay Ajayi ran for 200 freaking yards a game. Williams did nothing. Yeah, he's in a much better situation now. But so is Carlos Hyde is in that same situation. And Carlos Hyde has workhorse the backfield before. Yeah, but he's also injury prone. He's also much older. When was the last time Hyde got hurt? Uh, let me now. Now I got. Now I got to actually do work here. I can't just say. <laughs> All right, because I'm not going to fact check anything because it might prove me wrong. But I think he's been fully healthy the past two seasons. Wasn't Damian Williams the third string on Kansas City too before he got that that opportunity with Hunt knowing and fourth, where? I think people were more excited about Daryl Williams before Damian Williams. Maybe, maybe I. Oh boy, I so will I, say I, that I, just, the... I refuse to get excited about him. It's no, yeah. I, but I will say that the shoe fits in this particular case. Uh, Stompy's criticism is uh, is fully warranted because my issue isn't with Damian Williams. It's just how good Carlos Hyde is. I've I've always saw Carlos Hyde as just one of the the most talented all around running backs in the NFL. What? Oh yeah. my God! <laughs> he he just he does it all. He just he just hasn't had the opportunity. I mean, Cleveland. He it, it, Cleveland was 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 a blip on the radar that I that I uh, I managed to push out of my mind through selective mm-hmm. memory loss. But Would even you... on the terrible team in a good in a well run offense like Shanahan's, he put up a top ten running back season. Correct, and that's yeah, the Niners were terrible. That does not make him good though. He is good. Uh, um, I, okay. Top 10 is just he's way okay. too far for me, but he's, I will say, I will use the descriptor good. He is absolutely good. He's average. <laughs> John, would you say he's an electric playmaker? Oh, no, there, there's only one of those. <laughs> All right. All there's right. only one of those, and he plays in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't even disagree yeah, with Doug you Baldwin's on that. Doug the best, right, guys? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so... So, guys, let me ask you a question real quick here. If, if this is a big if, but if you know that this this goes along with Tyreek Hill, and if he does get suspended, did the Chiefs have some long term concerns about Tyreek Hill and his behavior? And is it enough for them? And I know they have tons of needs on defense, but is it enough for them to draft a wide receiver early just just because this team is so heavily based around that offense scoring? Well, they've shown that they're going zero defense at this point. Like they've <laughs> traded away or let them all walk. And this is Tyreek's last year on his contract, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, so uh, yeah, this draft can, in fact, be very telling, especially with this happening. I doubt they spend a lot of capital on a wide receiver, but I feel like they got to take someone because with Sammy never actually being healthy, even though I always want him to be. They have no depth. So I like they're taking someone in probably the first four or five rounds. Yeah, Calvin Benjamin not being there is really gonna hurt. <laughs> what? Ooh, boy. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have a structure. Crap, we talk about hey, Calvin Benjamin. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring this out again. R-E-L-A-X. Relax, John. Uh, All right, so I got another crazy. question. I got another question. All right. Cause, cause I've been seeing this and okay. So obviously with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick signing in Miami, 
does anybody else want one of those awesome shirts with the dolphin with like the beard, the the Fitzmagic dolphin? Yes. Oh, I haven't seen this. Dude, to me, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it it's great. And to me, it's like it I don't even care how he does in Miami, just the fact that those shirts exist makes his signing so worth it for me. Like I I I got to get one of those shirts. I think it I think they're great. Yeah. Is that, that might... is that a Rotowear shirt? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. I gotta find this. This that might be enough to change my mind on this signing. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but this signing makes absolutely no sense to me. That it just yeah, well, it's it's so pointless to bring in. He's a bridge to nowhere at this point. He <laughs> you you bring in a, a a bridge quarterback, but you don't have a quarterback to bridge to. What is what's what's the the logic there? It, it it's escaping. Hold him off till twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah and, I, I actually like this this is one a very good argument this is something i agreed with john on here so i'm just going to give you credit beforehand whoa interesting okay <laughs> now now you should probably tell me to relax because uh, wait hold on I'm, real I'm quick yes it's here. a rotoware shirt it is cool cool i i definitely now have to get it even more than i did before so that, that and the antonio brown one <laughs> to the buffalo oh the buffalo one Oh yeah. yeah, that one was cool. <laughs> All right, All right wait, wait, we were talking good about John. Yeah, yeah, we got to keep that going. We could do that <laughs> for a full episode. I'd be okay. No, no, you were supposed to go about your talk about <laughs> talk about oh, your. Uh, I thought I thought you were I thought you I'm were like, gonna. No, it's not mine. This is yours. Oh, I thought you were just going to continue talking nice things about him. I know, yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. Nice. No, no, John, take ownership. Come on now. <laughs> Tell us what you said. All right, so here's the problem. Like I said, you you just signed a bridge quarterback, but you're trying to bridge to 2020. You have no idea what's going to happen in 2020. And meanwhile, you're just going to – you if you want to give up on the 2019 season, that's fine. But I don't know why you wouldn't bring in a young quarterback – who at least has the potential to be your long-term option either way. There are guys like that available. Sean Mannion, you, you could probably get Nick Mullins for extremely cheap, you know, a, a lot cheaper than what it would take to draft a quarterback this year. And he's got starting NFL experience. You could take a look and see. I mean, maybe he might just save you from having to draft a quarterback in 2020. It, he might be the answer that you're looking for. I mean, he's probably not, but he he has a much better chance of being the long-term franchise quarterback for Miami than Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick does at, what, 38 years old? So he I tried I, for Teddy Two Gloves for 20 minutes. Yeah, and that wasn't going to happen. I mean, he's uh, Bree, uh, Drew Brees is a bridge to him. So, you know, it, but it, they were on the right track with that one. But, you know, why not just follow through with that? Now, if they draft a quarterback in 2019, then I'm then this, you know, I'm fine with it. But if the idea is that we're going to wait till 2020 and we're going to draft Tua, well, you have no idea if Tua is going to be available to you. You don't know that he's going to be he, that he's going to declare for the draft. And even if he does, you don't know that you're going to have a chance to get him. And it, quite frankly, guys, I, I'm not totally sold on the idea of Tua as a franchise quarterback anyways for a variety of reasons. Um, but 
you know, there, there are just so many question marks and you're going to push all of those off for an entire year, an entire year of, of NFL play. And then you're going to worry about all that stuff. It makes no sense to me. Why, if you're, if 2019 is a lost season anyways, why not look at a quarterback that you can get really cheap? Nick Mullins is, is my guy, but there are a handful of others. Why wouldn't you just look at that guy and, and find out, you know, maybe this is a franchise quarterback. And if he is, you're way ahead of schedule because you don't have to draft one next year. You can draft a different position in need. And all of a sudden you get to start throwing all that money around the way, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns are right now, for instance. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah, that that's a so, whole different I, I think Awkward. I, <laughs> I think I agree with the meat and potatoes of your argument, John. I, I agree that if you're going to do that, why not go after a young quarterback? The only thing I'll say, I'm just going to play devil's advocate a little bit, is – what happens if you get Mullins and he leads you to like a six and ten or a seven and nine record? Mm-hmm. And it it's clear to you that he's not gonna be a franchise quarterback, and it kind of takes you out of the market in getting one of those franchise guys. And I don't it, here's my thing. I don't think it's all about Tua. I think the quarterback class is probably three to four strong next year. Um, there's probably three guys as of right now that I would take over any of the guys that are declaring this year. So I think it's a better quarterback class overall, but I I still think you need probably a top 10 pick to be in play, you know, for one of those guys. I mean, a lot of teams aren't going to move down to the mid teens. Um, A lot of teams aren't going to want to do that to to let you move up to take that quarterback unless you're really going to overpay. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's, I mean, I'm just trying to, trying to wrap my head around why Fitzpatrick makes sense there and, that's kind of my only thought is that maybe they just feel like if they get a young guy who shows enough, but not enough, you know, enough to lead them to some wins, but not enough to be a franchise guy that it's going to make it even harder for them to acquire, you know, a talent in the draft that they're high on. Well, I mean, okay. So first of all, you've got to have a bridge guy who's going to, to be your starter again next year, either way, because I mean, it's, it's very rare that you throw out the starting the the rookie as a starter from day one. You know, you want him to hold the clipboard a little bit. So, you know, you get an extended look at Nick Mullins. But the other thing is Nick Mullins is way more boom bust than Ryan Fitzpatrick is. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has the capability to get you to six wins. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty easily. I think that that he does that in his sleep. Whereas Nick Mullins is either going to get you, you know, to the verge of the playoffs, somewhere around nine or 10 wins, and this was a huge success, or you're going to win a couple games, you're going to make it into the top three, you're going to get your future franchise quarterback. I, I don't think that there's really anything in between for Nick Mullins. Well, didn't so didn't Fitzpatrick sign a two-year two deal? Yeah, he did. So, yeah, he'll he'll be the quarterback again next year. But you know, it, beyond that, I, they're they're just they're just way too many assumptions being made on what's going to happen in twenty twenty, and not enough attention is being paid to what's going to happen in twenty nineteen. 
I mean, I, I guess I get where James is coming from though, is that, well, actually I think I'm, I made this argument to you is that, I mean, you're not, and I, I have to look up his deal, but you're really not spending that much uh, cap space on um, Fitzpatrick this season. Oh, I don't I care about the, the lead here. I think the most important thing that all of us will agree on, mm-hmm. it's Albert Wilson season. Yes. That's true. That's yeah, definitely there we true. Go. I yeah, it, it from from a fantasy standpoint, I love this this signing. Ryan Fitzpatrick just automatically gives a bump to all of the main pieces of that offense and I love that. From an NFL standpoint though, this is a this is a horrible way to go about it. You, you just, you can't waste a season, you know? You just can't waste a year in the NFL like this. Well, we'll I mean, I think they were banking on that in the first place, so. Yeah, I think I the problem know. is the Browns just did something awesome and intelligent. And again, you want to assume that people that run football teams are awesome and intelligent. But then we have teams like the Dolphins who are not, awesome nor intelligent right. so they're trying to do the same thing but they are not doing it the right way mm-hmm. so like you said they're probably going to win too many games because i mean fitzpatrick can chuck the ball and he has people that can catch it so they they have a chance of scoring a decent amount of points mm-hmm. and they might yeah. catch themselves being mediocre and that's the worst thing in the world is being in the middle I mean, if you're going to win, you can win. If you're, if you're going to lose, you, you might as well get the 101. That's the same thing in real life as in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that part's definitely true. It's just, I mean, the, the Browns, for as bad as they were during that stretch, they were at least maximizing the, the time that they had at the bottom of the league. You know, they looked at Cody Kessler. They looked at Deshaun Kaiser. And, it, you know, it didn't work out, but you know ultimately they were they were at least trying to find the future of their franchise and uh, you know they they kept coming up short and they finally landed in the 1.01 and get baker mayfield and everything changes uh, but in the meantime i mean they were they were they were trying because they didn't know that baker mayfield was coming you know but speaking of future of franchises can we talk about Blake Bortles signing with the Rams real quick. <laughs> the, the ultimate Bobby Koch serviceable quarterback, even though he was horrendously not serviceable. As... Not not anymore. Bobby Koch can no longer declare Blake Bortles. He, his love for Blake Bortles is over. Like, I wanna, last I, like, aren't you a little bit curious to see what Bortles would be like with wide receivers like the Rams have? Like this is the re- this would be like the real test. I mean, and he had awful is this man at, he had, at football. He had Allen Robinson though. I mean, he did give him. And they he, did have he, that one. And he was good with Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, and with uh, uh, with Allen Hearns, yeah. I mean, he he turned in what a top top ten. Uh, I think he had three, three top 13. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But in Sean McVay, that's the big thing. I, I think that that guy could turn anybody into a franchise quarterback. Like I want to see. Like, I don't want to, you know, wish injury on Goff or anything. But I I just, I want to see it. I, I Morbid curiosity, I guess you could even call it. Like, I, I want to see Blake Bortles in a good offense. 
Because to be fair, he, that dude never had a chance. That they never let him throw the ball or wanted him to throw the ball. And they never had anyone besides Allen Robinson for him to throw the ball to. I know Allen Hearns had a good season, but let's face it, that dude's not great at football. It was just a lucky season where he caught a lot of touchdowns. So, I mean, he had a bum rap besides the fact that he is probably just not that good. So I would love to see it happen. I, I would just, I would love to see him step out as a starter, even if it's just like week 17. Just rest Goff a little bit. It needs to happen. Well, and I think John had a good point. I mean, when you have Sean McVay there, who most of us think he's probably one of the top three offensive minds in the game. I mean, I don't know who – I would have to look back at who he started with as a coach. It was Gus Bradley, right? So it was a defense-oriented team when he came came into the league. And then you have um, – Doug Maroney, who wants to run the ball down people's throats. So you don't really have any offensive minds that are going to help him advance. So it, it's definitely would be interesting to see what he can do under Sean McVay. All right. We've definitely spent enough time on that. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. We've had our whiteboard. I, I, I actually want to talk about another Ram, um, Todd Gurley post, uh, post, uh, arthritis news and where you guys would have him ranked. I just wrote an article and I have him. I mean, I'm debating him dropping out of him, dropping him out of the top five for Melvin Gordon running back or overall running back. Okay. Uh, he has not moved at all for me. Besides the fact that I absolutely do not do rankings because it would just be silly if I tried. Uh, <laughs> oh man. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need to explore that here in a second, but, uh, but I mean, x-ray every single running back in the NFL, and I can almost guarantee you every single one of them has a level of arthritis in their knees, especially it comes with ACL injuries. And it just so happens that it was Todd Gurley on a very large stage that we happen to notice this. I mean, it's probably something that he just needed rest. It's something that maybe he needed to work through a bit. And Sean McVay started coaching scared the further into the playoffs they got. He, I mean, Gurley didn't look bad when he ran, but they, yeah, it's funny. Like they kept the commentators kept saying, Oh, there's Gurley on the bike. You know, that means he's okay. No, no one goes on the bike because they're okay. You go on the stationary bike because you're stiff, because you need to keep moving your legs or you'll realize how much it hurts. So he was, he was hurt. I don't know why they didn't want to admit it. I don't. I don't move him anywhere. I as an off, a non-point scoring season of rest for Todd Gurley, and he'll be fine to split a fifty-fifty backfield with the best running back on the team, C.J. Anderson. <laughs> Just snuck that in there right at the end. <laughs> so I guess my issue with him is that we've had both McVay and Les Snead, their general manager, come out and say. And granted, it is non-point scoring season and coaches and GMs say things, but they both have said they're going to monitor and probably try and limit his workload a little bit and try and manage his workload. Did Which, you drop uh, Christian McCaffrey after Ron Rivera said that? 
No, I didn't. But that after Ron Rivera said that, it wasn't associated with injury. Well, it's Correct? avoidance of injury more than anything else. But Granted, granted but um, I, I guess it was three, three things. So it was C.J. Anderson, see how good C.J. Anderson was. The He's last the best fullback in the league. It's fine. <laughs> He's turning into Jerome Bettis at the end of his career. Uh, <laughs> so CJ Anderson was extremely good at the end of the season, which tells me that it's not necessary for them to have a superstar running back. The arthritis in his knee, which became severe enough or, or caused enough pain that they had to first off, not play him the last two, two games of the season. And then, monitors workload in the playoffs. And then you have the GM, the guys that are making the decisions saying that we need to manage his workload better during the season. It's those three things that make me hesitant. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not going to have a good season, but it just makes me hesitant about him finishing as a top five running back going over the next couple of seasons. He's not going to finish as a top five running back because he's a running back. They, those guys just, how does that, how, wait, no, no, no. How did that make sense in your head? <laughs> What's I that? Know exactly how it makes I sense. followed him completely okay. perfectly. He's not <laughs> top five running back because he's a running back. Yeah. That they is, don't, they usually don't. there's enough turnover at the top ends of no, running backs. Exactly. exactly. He <laughs> no, he, he said what he meant and he meant what he said. And yeah, you're just you acting go. a little defensive <laughs> right I mean, now. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to John about running backs. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Except I get it right every damn year. A year ago that at this time, everybody was falling all over themselves for Todd Gurley. And now here we are. You're, you're, you want to replace him with Melvin freaking Gordon who finishes like a top eight running back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. I, I tell you what, man, I agree with Stompy, but uh, my, my reasoning is a little different. I just, I, I'm one of those people. I, okay. If a running back has a knee injury and it, it seems to rear its ugly head in the NFL level and it's been a problem. I want nothing to do with it. Nothing like I'm, I'm cashing out. If a wide receiver has a foot injury or an ankle injury and it seems like it's a reoccurring issue, I'm out. Like that's that's just me. I'm I'm just gonna uh, I, I'm risk adverse at that at that position at those positions with those injuries. Um and I showed it a couple of years ago too with Andrew Luck with the shoulder. And obviously, you know, that looked good last year. So these things don't always work out in my favor, but I'm I, I'll fully admit as soon as I see a knee injury for Todd Gurley and it's been an issue in the past and it looks like it could be something chronic, I, I want nothing to do with it. Like I'm, I'm willing to cash out now and, and, you know, move on without that headache. So, but yeah, that was, to me, it was, it was there for him from day one. It was, it was, but, but it, I, I guess it was kind of on the back burner for the past, you know, year and a half, two years. But now, now that we know that it can be chronic, it can be something like arthritis that is going to continue. It's almost like Percy Harvin back in the day when he had the migraines. Like if this is going to be a chronic issue, you're going to have to tune in on game day and see how he's feeling. You know, like, did he sleep all right? You know, how's I, I like, I just, I don't even want to have to think about dealing with that on whether or not this guy should be in my lineup or not. I would rather cash out now. I'm sure I could get, you know, adequate, you know. Okay. Uh, okay, so let me make it easy for you guys. They all have chronic issues, and that issue is that they're running backs, and they they get hit 300 times per season. 
They get tenderized like a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. They and said they it when all... I was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of been a while since I've used that one. Now I've used it twice. I don't know. You're just kind of the at this point, you're the inspiration for that one. <laughs> Aww, I'm John's meat tenderizing muse. <laughs> wow, we're gonna skip Easy. over that, but I, I, I <laughs> real nope, quick, it's I totally, out there. It's in the world. It's, it's there now. <laughs> oh, All clock. we can do is try and move on. <laughs> Good God. Oh, I do agree with you though, John. But that's that's part of the reason why I think I'm shifting to I want younger backs. I want I want those younger backs who haven't been in the league long enough to really sustain those hits from some of the bigger, more physical guys in the NFL. Um, so I I think that's that's just it. Churning running back seems like the way to go. Just keep loading up on younger options. Hey, there you go. Uh huh. And I'm 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 so on the board there, John. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm good with that because you do have to have running backs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the Rams should also real quick, I think they should inquire, you know, maybe they need to deal for a back and maybe they can get one of those committee backs in Green Bay, like Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Ugh. What are you doing? Why? Why did that? Uh... What? I thought we were on the same page. What's going on? <laughs> we were on the same page until you called Aaron Jones a committee back. Damn. Well, that's what Green Bay called them, do right? That on purpose. Sometimes you, I, I, I'm, I swear that you do this stuff on purpose. Oh, he Just, absolutely does. Oh, he had that planned out before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, talk about scripted. Totally that unscripted. One, that one, he's been saving that for weeks. Can we? Can we get to some trades with the the trade expert here? Yeah, we better do that. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to bring up the one. The actual one and only one that I brought up onto the show sheet. <laughs> okay. I want to know what the hell is going on with Dante Pettis. Uh, I'm not going to yeah. name names, but a certain R. McDowell posted <laughs> that was sorry, that's too obvious. Ryan M. <laughs> posted on Twitter that he gave Tyler Boyd and Robert Foster for Dante Pettis. I don't know if I would trade Tyler Boyd for two Dante Pettises. And I know that's, you know, Stompy's buddy, Aton, wearing off on me. But, like, why is Dante Pettis worth this much? In what world are they not drafting a wide receiver? I'd like, why? How? Where? Since when? Someone please, please tell me. Yeah, how- man. I, I think that there's still a trade coming. I don't. You know, they they missed on Brown. They missed on Beckham. I don't know how involved they really were in those trade talks, but I think there's another one coming that they've been working on for a while. I don't know for sure who it is. I, I you know, I couldn't even speculate on that, but I, I think that there's something coming. But at the very least, yeah, they've got to draft somebody. You cannot, you can't, you, you can't even pretend to be a contender in the NFL with Dante Pettis as your wide receiver one. And I like Dante Pettis as the player, but yeah, you can't. You you can't. They have to address that position. And, and not to mention, you know, Kittle is their wide receiver one. And I saw, I have a friend who's a 49ers fan who is not, we'll say, as plugged in as we are to the realities of the world of football, but he's he's screaming for them to draft DK at two. Yeah, I, I, that yeah, face that is the, the same they, face I made. Stop. They have the. They have an older version of DK already, right? And Goodwin. 
Hmm. Yeah, but 1.6% body fat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what, uh, whatever. <laughs> we don't, guess what? Marquise Goodwin was an Olympic sprinter, so. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think this is a year to take a wide receiver. I think they can probably do it in their, with their second round pick. Yeah, I was about to say, clearly they're not going to spend the number two, but I assume they have the second pick of the second round. I have absolutely no idea if they've traded anything or what. But yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. Well, I so saw, I, I would, I, I'm, I don't think it's justified. I think there is a justification for some people where he is the wide receiver one for that team. They traded up to get him in the second or third. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, People were high on him. He's very versatile. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. He can make guys miss. He's a very good uh, route runner. He's a good flanker Y um, guy or Y wide receiver. So it makes sense. And and I think the way people value Jimmy G, especially though, I don't like him. Um, a lot of people are very high on Jimmy G and, and in that Shanahan offense, I guess it makes sense. But like Russ said, it's Tyler Boyd who just came off of a thousand yard season. Who's getting AJ Green back, and he was better with AJ Green than without. Who's getting Andy Dalton back, which people are going to point out. Well, that's not great, but it's better than uh, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Oh, the old Jeff Driscoll. Um. So, yeah. I while I don't know if Boyd repeats as a thousand yard receiver, I can still see him surpassing nine hundred yards, six touchdowns, and being a wide receiver too. And yeah, Dante you're Pettis, Pettis turns into Tyler Boyd, right. uh, just yeah. skinnier. Uh, right. That's all right. Yeah. Someone else pick a yeah. trade. <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't no. even know anymore. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. It, I, it usually ends up being the case that Ryan knows something that I don't. That that I know, which it feels weird to. Oh, speaking of, I saw sort of bringing it back to Tyreek. He put another one on there. He gave Leonard Fournette for Tyreek Hill. Oh, man. I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I have, A, no faith in ankles. uh, So I I want no part in it. But, yeah, his value is tanking as well. So, man, I would take the upside of Tyreek any day in that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's pretty even. And, and I don't know what, and I, I don't know when it occurred. I'm assuming it occurred within the last couple of days. Yeah, I think that'd be weird. If, like he just now posted a trade yeah, right. a few months ago. Um, but I mean, you, you're getting votes of comments from um, Tom Coughlin. Uh, Leonard Fournette is on RB one when he's in there, and you're but you're correct. Like his injury history is not great, so there's question marks on both sides. I I agree. I would take Tyreek Hill in that. Um, trade but I, I definitely see both sides of that trade it was just straight up Tyreek for, hmm. for uh, according to him yeah wow yeah yeah I um yeah we were going to talk about rankings a little bit because I, I I was curious about that but uh the reason I bring it up is because Tyreek Hill is still ranked several rounds above Leonard Fournette for me but yeah uh, I'm 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 curious. Okay, so first of all, Russ, who's Superflex? Who's your 1.01? 1. 1? 
Oh, don't do this to me. Why are you doing this to me? Brian we've been Hart going so well. Listening. We've been we've been doing so well. <laughs> it's it's still big one to me. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm fine with it being Barkley or Mahomes. If yeah. anybody ever says Baker to me, I'm <laughs> auto, auto block. You I'm brought done. this up. What? I'm you done. brought this up on your own. No one was going to say that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If anybody you does it, be mad, am, that's fine. I am warning people. <laughs> I will block you instantly if you say that Baker is the 1.01. I mean, yeah. I traded up in Trade Addict Six to grab Mahomes at because he fell to one hundred two. So I, yeah, those two should be the first two, and I would give no qualms to anyone taking either of them. But I think it's easier to replace Mahomes' uh, words quarterback value on that next turn than it would be running back value. Even though running backs are, I wouldn't ever draft a running back at that two three turn anyway so that's why i'd be a little more willing to take baguan at one and then at that turn go quarterback quarterback hmm okay uh, oh, oh man yeah i i mean i've I, I have way too many disagreements with that to actually get into this late in the show so Oh, man. So I just but, pulled up marches. I'm 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 moving on because I told you I don't want to argue with you because we're having too good of a time. Yeah. March March ADP Tyreek is nine. Fournette is thirty five. Now this is before the Tyreek stuff, so he's going to be a little lower, but thirty five. I don't think yeah. that's I'm, two rounds. Yeah. Two. Yeah. A little over two rounds. Yeah. It's it's still. It, I mean, if he falls around in half, we're still talking. You know, a, another a, another full round away from Fournette in 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 perceived value, which is you know that that's saying a lot. Oh, but. That's all there is right now. But yeah. oh, I want to talk about this trade that's above the one I posted uh, at Evid FF uh, Geis and Diggs for Evans and David Johnson. I just saw a trade that made me pick pick against Diggs, so I figured we should talk about it because I always want to pick Diggs. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm to me. So I actually labeled that one win, win or lose, lose, because to me, one side loses both, both Evans sides over digs and DJ over guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I break that one down. So I don't know what you guys think. That's not even close to me. I mean, Evans is top six, top eight wide receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, David Johnson's still a top 12 for me. Yeah, I want to talk about David Johnson, really. Like, I want to know your guys' idea of his value right now. Because he still seems to be going too low in places for me. For a dude that didn't do awful in what seemed to be a an historically, I never know if it's, there's the N in that one, <laughs> a really, really bad offense, David Johnson still wasn't terrible. And Kings Cliff Kings man that's two in a row I cannot say things Kingsbury was brought in to make that offense move that that's all he is there for so I feel like if anything his value should go up from where last season finished so I think like that I think that's the problem in this trade I think David Johnson's valued way too low in this I might have to go on a David Johnson buying streak I think I agree, agree. um I mean, he finishes the RB9. 
last season, I believe. I mean, that's pretty great considering. Yeah. I mean, but I think I think you and whoever brought it up, you, John, perceived value is kind of the thing, especially in the non-point scoring season where a lot of people, he's older. Um, a lot of people see that he's going into an offense, the air raid offense, which I don't know if necessarily that's going to apply to the NFL, but uh, Cliff Kingsbury just did not use the running back as much as one would want, especially with David Johnson. But they don't – I mean, they have Larry Fitzgerald, they have Christian Kirk, and then who as their pass catcher? And if they – Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, well, I, and, yeah. and I'm actually excited about him. He's going, like, uh, undrafted. Uh, I mean, they got to draft somebody, right? I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on with James right now. He's moaning. <laughs> I heard that same excitement about Ricky Seals Jones last year, and it just yeah, seems like we every were year everyone's excited about this guy. Like, ah, he's like Sammy end, Watkins two point oh. Never like, goes away. Uh, I'm telling you, I I don't know. No, I, I'm I'm with you guys though. I think you guys said everything. I, I'm I'm on the Evans uh, David Johnson side, and I think Stompy brought up the best point that I've heard. Is that well, I, one of you did is that David Johnson is just being undervalued at this point. Um, I think actually you said that, Russ, and I I totally agree with it because I think both these players I would rather have over the other two. I I think sometimes in 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 this season, you know, it's the off season and people overvalue the unknown, like, like guys, you know, we don't know what guys is yet. He hasn't really hit the field. So we don't know what, you know, what kind of player you're going to get with guys as far as fantasy goes. And I think people overvalue that at this point in time of the year, unfortunately. And so I would kind of, I, I would say if you could get Evans and, and David Johnson for guys and digs, I would, I'd be doing that move. Yeah. 10 times out of 10. All right, so John, you've been too quiet. I want you to talk about the one above it. The one above it. Well, what happened here? You always end up taking over as the host. You, you're a because you don't know how about to work without a script. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I thought I've been doing good over here by, uh, by not. I think, I think you have. Um, I, okay. I actually really want to get into Corey Davis so we can have a fight here. Oh no. Yeah, we're saving no. it. Don't worry. Okay. We we said we would talk about it, but right. I John's been quiet for a while, so I figured Aaron yeah. Rodgers will make him start talking a bit. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we can do that one real quick. So it's uh PPR Superflex from our friend Kyle. It's at NYAMA underscore KS. So um uh, didn't want to shout him out because he's a he's a very loyal listener um and a friend of the podcast, but it was uh, I believe he's giving up Aaron Rodgers and Sammy Watkins to get DeAndre Hopkins, if I understood that right, in a PPR super flex. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is 1.01. So, I mean, adding on to that is just a, a total win. And it doesn't kind of doesn't matter who you're getting in return. So you you said it like that to pick a fight, correct? Uh Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want just wanted to make sure I knew what you were doing. I knew I didn't realize how happy I mean, that statement was going to make me until it came, fully came out. <laughs> I also stand by it, but I mean, saying that also is uh, is going to lead us even even further into the into the battlefield. Yeah. So my my rankings are 
Rodgers and Hopkins, or it, it goes Hopkins, Rodgers, 6-7. So okay. I think the Rodgers side wins because you're basically – I in, in Superflex, I think you have the same value in those two players, mm-hmm. and then you're adding Watkins on top. Okay. So to me, it's the Rodgers-Watkins side, not because Rodgers is the 1.01, but because Rodgers and Hopkins I value about the same. So we came to the same conclusion. We just did different math. And so that's that's fine. We don't have to fight about that one. Um, at least not right now. I mean, at some right. point at some point we've got to come to an understanding that Aaron Rodgers is not only the best quarterback, but the best player in this entire league. <laughs> Remember that but time in one of my leagues right you drafted now. Odell over Aaron Rodgers? Oof. Did I do that? You did. In another one of your leagues, I traded my entire draft. Uh, for to, Saquon to get Saquon and I still have him. So, um, so yeah, I don't always practice what I preach. Sometimes it's, it's about, it, it's kind of like, uh, like what Jay Leno used to do going out on the street and just talking to random people. And just, I, I'm just trying to, to get a finger on the pulse of what the hell is actually going on in this dynasty landscape. Because for some reason, I'm still the only one saying that Rogers is 1.01. So I wanted to see what what all the hype is all about. Well, plus, I mean, you're you're a man about town. You probably have a bunch of leagues. <laughs> if they were all the same, it'd just get boring after a while. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. I have a lot of Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr. combos in a lot of my leagues because I also do a lot of op- auctions. So uh, that's that's kind of my preferred startup method. So. Um, just I'm, to, t- I'm uh, coming around on it. <laughs> really? Oh, I'm okay. terrible at it, though. I, th- I thought I was saying something uh, something provocative there, too. I was, and then I was going to have to come after James with something. Ross, you're, you're coming around on auctions, right? Yeah. Very nice. Very Me, nice. too. What I, what I hear about, what I hear from John is that he's going to be watching a bunch of Cleveland Browns games to, for OBJ. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's only a good thing for you, John. One of my best teams has uh, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Corey Davis. Good Lord, wow. I'm excited for that team. 1.01 and 1.02 at quarterback, huh? <laughs> you opened that. You opened the door to this segue. <laughs> Stop it. it. I am I, not I having this fight again. Even without, Stop it. without, a, without Sorry, an actual Stop. structure, I can still segue straight. Walk into right it. into that one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So can we talk about this one now? Let's do it. Our, you can stay muted if you want to. Just make angry faces. <laughs> Our buddy Mike Alex sent us this trade on Twitter. Uh, he's at FF Einstein's with a Z. Uh, 10 team PPR. Give Corey Davis, get 110, 205, 305. And I mean, me and Stompy already kind of had it out. So I'm curious first what James and Outhouse think. You go, James. Oh, thank you, Russ. Um, give me the picks. I, I, I'm just you're nuts. I'm so tired of waiting for Corey Davis to do something, and it it just doesn't seem to happen. And now I'm waiting on him to do something with Mariota again. I have no faith in Mariota. It, it really doesn't even have to do with Corey Davis and his talent. It has to do with the fact that I don't think Mariota's good, and I don't I don't think their backup is good now. <laughs> so I I don't I I, I mean. 
I don't want Corey Davis if I if it means two more years of Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. So, yeah, give me the picks. I'll swing on upside. I'm I'm done waiting on Corey Davis to be the guy that I drafted him to be. Barf. Yep. Okay. Let's pretend for a second I don't think less of you for the things you just said about Corey Davis. <laughs> Corey Davis has an ADP of 39. You should be getting a hell of a lot more than the 110 for him. I know they don't always correlate to each other, but with a young wide receiver, it should come pretty close. Mm -hmm. So if you feel the need to sell Corey Davis, you get a lot more than the 110. Right now, that oh, that's a lot. Here we go. Uh, here's Nikhil Harry. Uh, and wow, back to back. Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, 42 43. One of them's the 101, right? Because uh, I'm looking at one QB. Mm -hmm. So the 110, really? Yeah. So the, the 101 should be worth more than either one of those guys. But yeah. I mean, that that puts the 101, uh, you know, Corey, Corey Davis probably is 101, 102 type value you know, off of ADP, that's, that's kind of the, you know, the dirty math on this. If, if, you know, the, the top rookie is at 42, then we could probably say the 101 is somewhere around 32, 30 to 32, right? Let's see. Hold on. Oh man. It, well, you know, T mm -hmm. uh, trade addict six is super flex. The 101 was drafted at 54. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is actually kind of that that's kind of crazy. That shows that the ADP these these mock drafts end up being a little bit off. If Corey Davis if, was drafted at fifty two, yeah, yeah. So either way, I mean, Corey Davis is worth like one of the top, you know, one or two picks in a rookie draft. For him to to go for a one ten is just. That's crazy. And it, it kind of doesn't matter what you think about Corey Davis. I mean, just from a strict value standpoint. Uh, Trade Addicts 5, Corey Davis drafted at 45. The 101 drafted at 52. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, again, completely ignoring how wrong you two are about Corey <laughs> Davis. <laughs> the you. value is just off. Yeah. Well, hold on real quick. I want to bring something up because John has always told me that in Superflex, the cheapest you're ever going to get a quarterback is during the draft, right? So mm -hmm. ADP doesn't always correlate to what their value is going to be in trades. Oh, 100%. Okay. So, so ADP value for Corey Davis doesn't mean that that's his value but no, there completely. Can't be no, there can't I be mean, any. I said that in the beginning, it's not going to be the same, but usually the biggest issues there, with ADP to trade value is older guys like Julio, yeah. AJ Green. They'll get sure, drafted before sure. their trade value hits. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe quarterbacks are very often super flex just because people haven't learned their lesson yet. And that, and it still doesn't explain away a nine to 10 pick discrepancy. You know, the, those while those draft picks can get a bump in Superflex, it, it, they might, you know, if if Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins lands in the right spot, that can still happen. But it's not going to be it's not going to make up the difference between Corey Davis and what the 110 would ultimately move up to. It's still going to be a big gap. 
So, but you gonna talk, Stompy? Your mouth's hanging open. I didn't want. <laughs> you ready? All you, man. Go for it. So let's also go back to the fact that quarterbacks need to feel their fingers to throw the football. I just, I don't know if that's scientific fact. I, I don't know. Not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> has he not but, been able to feel his fingers for two years now? Yeah, that. I mean, what what happened in 2017? 2017, Corey, Corey Davis, Davis was out a, most of. Yeah, he, he missed the okay. first half of the was, What happened? What happened between 2016 and 2017? 2016, he led the league in red zone efficiency. He was young. He was an improving quarterback. Yeah. And, he, and, and are we magically an giving up on someone drafted at the 101 in rookie drafts before his third year? Are we I, selling that I, low? I am not giving up on anybody. I, I still think that there is value in Corey Davis. If you're taking the 110 for Corey Davis, you are giving up on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't. I, like I there's don't. There's only one pick no. involved in this trade, too. Yeah. Oh, really. come on, man. Are you really telling me the 205 and 305 matter? Yeah, because the at 205 is Absolutely. actually the 203 because it's a 10 team league. So, I mean, you're still getting a top 15 player there. So, yeah, absolutely. That pick weighs in for me. The 305 would be the 301. That not so much, but the, the second round pick for sure. Yeah. Nah, I mean, if man. you were going to trade those picks for another rookie pick, I don't think you would get any better than what 107 you know 110 plus 205 or you know the the 10th pick and the 15th pick i don't think you're going to move up much farther than like the seventh pick six or seventh pick that's fine and and 305 just doesn't even factor yeah at this i mean if you're not good at rookie scouting fine well, no yeah, one is. No, that, that's, that's this good. guy right here. Until you guys tell me who to draft, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Like I saw, uh, you know, I'm very glad we're not following the show sheet because one of them was uh, like rookies you want to draft in the third round. Like, I don't know. What? <laughs> Let me go listen to the dummies real quick so they could tell me who I should start liking later on. I I mean, are we that, at the crossroads right now? I mean, maybe uh, Peter Howard could tell me. I, I don't know, man. Trust me, yeah, that one that one was meant to be veterans that you can get with those third round rookie picks. Uh, oh man, that I could handle. That's that, that's much easier for me. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, really, we're not talking about it now because I've made fun of it. So to talk about it seriously now, we would just lose all credibility. So we're we're peas in a pod, and that's <laughs> one of the things for sure that we absolutely are in lockstep on is going that deep on the rookies. Like that's probably not something I'm ever going to do. Even when I'm on the clock in my, in the third round of my rookie drafts, I'm still, I'm still not going to do the work. I'm, I'm going to go off of what other people did in their drafts. I'm going to go ask James and I'll ask Stompy Mm -hmm. and I'll ask Jake Anderson and Peter Howard. I I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to ever understand the entire rookie class. I know, but good for people that do. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we we have to have that for people like us. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man, the Corey Davis love is all over the place here. I can't, I can't. I can't be part of this. Nope. Can't do it. I don't even think that it's love. Again, it's... I got to get out from under him. I, I here's my thing. I at 110, I feel like I can get like an elite tight end. I feel like I can still get a very good wide receiver prospect that's probably 
I mean, I, I would feel as good as, or as good as I, I would if I had Corey Davis. Yes, mm-hmm. I said that. Plus, I can get somebody at 205 that I feel has a legitimate shot at doing something in the NFL. Okay, but what happens when you take either a tight end or a wide receiver at 110? And you still and have to wait three years. You anyway. have to wait three years for them. See, what, you, just, you just reset the clock. That's fine. And, but that, and I mean, you're going to give up on that guy too before he breaks out. And you're going to trade not, him for the 110. That's not you're true at all. That's, no, that is not how this goes. That's what you're doing with Corey Davis. That's not what I'm saying because I'm saying his situation sucks. And that's what James said. His situation mm-hmm. sucks. But uh, Mariota's not a quarterback. It's a run-first offense. I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I don't think that the situations is. Okay, so you had you you had a hurt quarterback. You had a new offensive system. You had a, a a number one wide receiver who was first all intents and purposes still in his rookie season. He had missed half of his rookie season, so. He's he's still a, a rookie essentially. You've got and no one else that needed to be guarded on the team. I, I, first and yeah. foremost, I hate, so the, I hate that argument that he was essentially what? a rookie. No, he played half of the season. He's not essentially a rookie. He only he, yeah he played eight games where the rest of the rookie class played sixteen. But does it make him a rookie? That does not make him a rookie. He said essentially. Essentially, for all intents and purposes, he, he, he was still playing. For all intents and purposes, and his all other qualifiers. Okay. His first 16 games. He was still playing his first 16 games. It you was- have all of that working together. Yeah, the easy way to, to transition to a new offense, to Matt LaFleur's offense, and you know to, to keep the pressure off of Marcus Mariota, especially when he can't even feel his hand, and to keep the pressure off of the essentially rookie wide receiver one, the way to do that is have him turn in handoff. So That's yeah, I mean, you're, you're, it's going to be off balance, but you're going to see this shift more and more. Okay. But let's also I, put this out there. Regardless of what you think of Mariota, he still had market share, Corey Davis. He had a high market share. He had a high amount of targets and now, I think Adam Humphrey's signing there is a good thing because he's better than Tajay Sharp was. So maybe one dude has to look someone else's direction. Yep. So like things aren't worse for any reason for Corey Davis. If anything, he has another year of experience, and hopefully they don't change all that much. Yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, all they did is is promote Arthur Smith. I mean, he came... He's he's just kind of followed Matt LaFleur, you know, from from the Rams to the Titans. And now, you know, he, he gets promoted to the offensive coordinator. So it's it's still the same system, you yeah, know, but like what quarterback or wide receiver does good in three years, three different coordinators. Correct. This is such deja vu for me because on this and on an episode of the Superflex Super Show <laughs> last year before the season, I had the same conversation with Jake Anderson, uh-huh. who told me that Corey Davis was primed to be on the outside, j- just outside of a wide receiver one finish. And I stressed the same concerns I had with Mariota then. 
And it once again got glossed over by the masses on the podcast at that time. And uh, the take the general takeaway was that Corey Davis was going to be a top wide receiver. So I hope that he is for your sake, because if he isn't, guys, I am definitely going to be bringing his name up next offseason and, and wanting your hot takes because, you know, I, I apparently after three yeah. years, it might be too soon to, to quit on him or to ask him to, to, to you know, uh, produce at, at where he was drafted. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But it, it's really interesting because I remember a lot of these same points being brought up last <laughs> year when I talked to Jake Anderson on this podcast. It's it's uh, it's funny. Yeah. Well, this Every year, game last year where Corey Davis had more than seven targets, he had double-digit fantasy points. Yeah. Nice. Now, I have zero idea if that means anything in the real world, but I was just looking for something intelligent to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how you play fantasy football, yes. No, then that doesn't mean much. I mean, you could catch five of those for 50 yards and be double digits. Now I have to look to see mm. if that happened. Six for 62, <laughs> five for 55. Yeah, okay, so that happened, but whatever. That's <laughs> my story. <laughs> It doesn't change the facts, I suppose. Yeah, so. that's what we're talking about. These are yeah. these are facts, Jack. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, this is fun. Uh, Did I just kill the show? Is that what happened? One, no. one more point here, Mariota. I mean, since Mariota has been in the league, mm -hmm. the Titans have finished twenty fifth or lower in passing yards, or sorry, twenty third or lower in passing yards in every season. Stompy, he couldn't feel his fingers. And he didn't have Corey Davis. The oh, my one, God. The one season where they had a chance to have a good offense, he was hurt. Yeah. Before Wait, that, they had no one to to because Corey Davis was hurt. And before that, not Corey Jeff Corey Davis wasn't born yet. No, they did have Jeff Fisher, right? No, he was on the Rams. Other yeah, Jeff not yet. Yeah. What the hell? Dude, uh, it's got to be uh, something that fits the narrative. Jack uh, was there at yeah. one point. Yeah, bad guys. Wizen Hunt. Yeah, Chris Johnson was there one, one of those years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the, what they didn't have yet is a wide receiver one. God. Just <laughs> I will find anything that makes my argument sound good and throw it at you guys. That's what I do, but you're doing it better than me, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just enjoying having having this just coming at you guys in stereo right now. See, I mean, that's what I, happens when you're on a one-to-one -one podcast with someone like Har. He's way too smart for me, so I have to just make crap up as I go along. <laughs> Which is actually, fun fact, where I got the name Outhouse from, by the way. Really? Because completely full of shit. Oh, yeah. there it is. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. Drop that little secret for you guys. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, that feels like actually a, a, a good, uh, a good note to end this on, um, that, uh, that admission is, uh, there, we've had a few of those tonight. Um, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the whole, uh, the whole outhouse is the inspiration for my meat tenderizing. Um, that, uh, yeah, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy that one when you're trying to go to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, I'm going to wake my wife up to tell her that's what I said out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to try and pick up the pieces. But, uh, dude, Outhouse, we got it. 
Thank you so much for coming on, man. We, Dude, we're gonna have to do this. Time we're, we're so my wife is already this. asleep, mm -hmm. and I so I could actually come on without getting yelled at. I am here. Nice. nice. We, we're gonna take you up on it. I I guess we probably better have Brian back next time. It's kind of Again, been a you while. You owe that guy nothing. Don't worry about it. He has <laughs> had an episode on his own. I mean, I I feel like I do owe Brian something after the move that I made for for his boy Saquon. Um, you, I, again, you owe him nothing. Brian's a <laughs> Brian's a strong, strong man. He he can handle himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'm I'm picturing him in a straight jacket right now, just just losing his freaking. I I broke his brain with that trade. I think so. Um, I think you broke everybody's brain with that trade. <laughs> <laughs> I think after uh, my intro to the to the the episode, he's he's smiling with that straight jacket on. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah uh all right so we'll let we'll let you tell them where you're where they can find your work outhouse uh i know that you don't do a, a ton of writing it's it's all i don't do any writing here, but well i mean so, i am on twitter at dynasty outhouse uh and, me and my boy I, brian har at brian har ff please god go follow brian it is ridiculous that i have more followers than he does i don't necessarily understand why people follow people <laughs> because I have a lot and that makes no sense to me. Uh, so go follow Brian and but I gotta see how many he has. How many does he have? I, I think he broke the 2000 mark. I no idea, but go follow Brian, then go follow at Trade Addicts Pod, and then go subscribe to Trade Addicts Pod on all of those fancy things you listen to podcasts on. Because I mean. You know, we're awesome. It's not really bragging if it's true. So, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Give it a listen. There it is. Yeah. The, at this point, so it, we're all part of the DLF family of podcasts. I would say that at this point, I think it's safe to say that the Trade Addicts podcast and the Superflex Super Show, those are that's the, those are the twin boys of this family. <laughs> I think we're we're twin brothers. Uh, I'll these take two it. Podcasts. So yeah, always awesome to have you on. Uh, you're you're one of the absolute one of our absolute favorites, and uh, and we'll have to do it again very very soon. That's at Dynasty Outhouse at Trade Addicts Pod, and definitely subscribe to that podcast if you haven't already. We're gonna wrap it up there for the week, and as we do, ask you for a quick favor: if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, the Mega Feed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF, including that Trade Addicts pod. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you the option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation, and then from there we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FFStompy. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. I'm at SuperFlexDude. Russ, again, at Dynasty Outhouse. The podcast itself at TradeAddictsPod. Send them to all of us. We can help you by retweeting them, help you get more votes and comments. And sometimes we even bring them on our respective podcasts to break them down and analyze them 
Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Till the end,